Usually, when the football season is over, Panther fans immediately start to size up the roster for next year. With a graduating Kenny Pickett, quarterback would be the biggest area of concern in 2021. But all of a sudden, on a cold Tuesday night in December, big man on campus, Kenny Pickett, told the whole world that he would be back for one more year. We discussed that and so much more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. What was your message about finishing it in these final 30 minutes? Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia. We were knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happened in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. There's one home game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hell to pit. Hell to pit. This is the week of December 19th, 2020. This is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. Good riddance COVID season. Pitt closed out its 2020 campaign with a 34-20 victory over the Ramblin' Wreck from Georgia Tech. Panthers have chosen not to participate in a bowl game. So now it's all about those three R's that Vince constantly hammers into our heads. Recruit. 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 Oh, and also the fact that the big man on campus is coming back. Kenny Pickett, you don't got to lie to Pickett because you just tell him, hey, come back. And he says, all right, man, I'm there. Pitt's getting their quarterback back, Vince. Yeah, I I couldn't believe it. Uh, We all thought he was gone. Uh, Just just talking about, you know, what's the offense going to look like next year with with Kenny Pickett not, not under center. Uh, we're getting ready for this big uh, uh, national signing day, looking at the new recruits, and then all of a sudden, Kenny Pickett tells the whole world he's coming back for one more year, Pam. One more year, and this is uh, the best news Panther fans could hope for. Uh, You know, there's a lot of ups and downs and uh, disappointment this year, but this is some positivity we can cling on to until next August or September when the season starts up again. It's definitely good news, but there's other news to talk about that might not let that sit so well, at least from my perspective. We're going to get into all of it. The Kenny Pickett return, the Georgia Tech win. We're going to talk some hoops today. We're going to talk about Pitt declining a bowl game. We're talking about National Sunday. It's Kind of a jumbo-sized show today, I'd say, Vince. This is a pretty big one. There's a lot going on for the season having just ended. Oh, my goodness. I, I was telling Pam earlier today that this show could easily be five hours. Uh, Don't we'll, worry. It won't be. It will not we'll, be. I'll keep we'll, the reins on we'll, it. Well, go ahead and, and disappoint the listeners, but, uh, but we're going to try to get as much as we can into it today. Yeah, Pam, Pam won't let, let us, and, and neither will. This is, for everybody, for the record, it's the last show that I am going to be under the supervision of my in-laws. So uh, this is, uh, if it was next week, this show would definitely be five hours, Vince. But we are, gonna, we are being watched and timed right now, so we better get things started. Yeah, let, let, let's get right to it. All right, let's rock. At H2P shows where you could follow us on Twitter. Got to let everybody know about that. We're on Twitter. We're, we're talking pit with you there in social media, of course, because that's what you got to do in 2020 throughout the week. And, of course, if you want to email 
old school style, which is funny to say. Hail the number two pit podcast at gmail.com. And of course, we're on Panther Lair. We are on Reddit. And we are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. You can go to prettyeasypodcasts.com right now and get your own podcast started today. If you're a business professional looking to market yourself and your company, a podcast is a great way to do it. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com now to get your own producer, get yourself set up, start podcasting, start promoting yourself, start getting some followers, some listeners, some money. It's all part of doing business in 2020, and Pretty Easy Podcasts makes it well a uh, pretty easy. All right, we'll start with Georgia Tech. A big win last week. I feel like I I don't remember my score I predicted, Pam, but I feel like I was close with the 34 to 20. It was pretty uh, dominant, I would say, but not in any sort of way we anticipated because I know as much as you love Vincent Davis, old Bushwick Bill himself, you did not anticipate 247 yards from the running back. No, not at all. But it was a great way to end the season, um, especially since the running game's been uh, struggling. It definitely picked up as the season went on, but a great uh, boost of confidence for him going into the end of the year. Great boost of confidence for this offensive line going into the end of the year as well. Um, And what, Vince, was it about the running game in this game compared to other games or even later in the season? It definitely improved. And how can they use that for next yeah, year? Yeah, it's interesting in that, you know, three out of their last four games that they won, uh, each of them by double digits and, and scoring, you know, at least 34 points in each one. Some of these games winning by 30 points. Um, you know, the Clemson game aside, yes, they were against, you know, lackluster competition. Uh, s- some of the, the easier teams that they had on their schedule, but they did extremely well running the ball. Uh, I, I got to go back and review this tape a little bit more. But one thing I will say is that the personnel was different Absolutely, uh, yeah. on, on the offensive line. And it kind of started when, when, you know, you had guys out uh, for, for COVID protocols and you had to really shuffle your, your offensive line around uh, and get uh, a, a different combinations in there. Uh, for one, Matt Goncalves, this guy – uh, stepping in at left tackle, uh, I thought he was going to be more of a guard, but he he got in there, he showed good feet, and he was able to just seal that edge, you know, constantly against his man. Uh, the past couple games, uh, some other offensive linemen in there, you know, moving guys different positions. Um, I, I think that was absolutely huge in open up opening up these bigger holes uh, for Vincent Davis, and he showed the ability to find them. Um, you know, was it something different with the play calling? You know, maybe, uh, you know, we've got to go back and take a look at some of these play designs and see if they were, uh, were drastically different than earlier in the season. But that personnel was different there. You know, if you're run blocking better, you know, if you're moving your guys out of the way, Alan, uh, there is, uh, yeah, that'll jump right off the film at you. And, and you got to be excited about that. Yeah. I have to watch this game back to see the difference in the offensive line. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Quite frankly, I, I really am hoping this is just a big leap forward in one game for the pit offensive line and not just an inferior to po- an op- inferior opponent. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what to really say about this other than Vincent Davis 
I, I feel like he was capable of something like this for a long time, and we finally yeah. got to see it. So I was super happy for him. It was awesome to see. And then actually the kid has personality. One of the best post-game interviews we've seen from anyone at Pitt in a long time, maybe I'd say since the the best since Narduzzi post-UCF game, everybody has to check that out. We'll, we'll insert it into the show if we could find a clean version of it right here. We got to quarantine all that now. We finna, you feel me? But we finna get lit tonight. Yeah. Because it was awesome. Vincent Davis talking about getting lit on the airplane, but the offensive line sh- suffering some some COVIDness, some injuries, so they mix and mash, and out comes a 247-yard running back. I don't know, but maybe they were holding the whole time, and that's why Jeff Collins wouldn't shake Pat Narduzzi's <laughs> hand, Vince. Maybe that's what happened. I, I, I don't know if it was necessarily that. Uh, yeah, th- there was some... Uh, I guess maybe I don't know if you want to call it rather sloppy officiating uh, in this. Uh, you know, I saw some people talk about how uh, this is what it feels like to benefit from from uh, poor officiating in, I, in the ACC. A, a quick Jeff Collins note: I just read earlier today that he's converting one of their linebackers to a quarterback next year, so that they have four scholarship quarterbacks on their roster. So, um, just a definite. I mean, the kid played quarterback in high school, but still. That's not a transition you usually see from linebacker to quarterback. Uh, so Jeff Collins is definitely a unique character. And, you know, I don't think Pat Narduzzi did anything wrong or Pitt did anything wrong. I think Jeff Collins was just yeah, busy. If, yeah, like even if the refs handed the game to Pitt, what are you mad at Pat Narduzzi about it for? And I they, mean, what do you want him to decline penalties and stuff? What the hell? I, I mean, yeah, this was, you know, this was this game was not a blowout by any stretch. But at the same time, you know, I don't think Pitt was in much danger of losing this game uh, for, for most of it. Um, but you know, th- this this guy, this this Collins, he, he he's a he, he's a wacko from everything I'm I'm seeing, and I, I'm not surprised other teams run the score up uh, against him. And I think he spells his name G E O F F. Never trust yeah, anybody yeah. W- with that spelling. Yeah, that's. Jeff. Yeah, there's a whole thing going on there. I want to say also is is this the first game Jordan Addison played that he didn't lead the team in receiving? This has to be um, uh, at least. Uh, I, I don't know how. I mean, we got to go back. Well, and DJ look, Turner it's, it was, had I that. Kinda, uh, but Addison didn't play that game. That Turner had that big oh, game. Yeah, you're tr- true. Very very true. I think you might maybe be right and out. maybe week maybe week one too though pam i think dj oh, turner yeah. might have outperformed jordan addison they both were on the same field but that was cool i also want to thank dj dj turner's gone right he was well, a, a one and done transfer he, he uh, maybe Should we thank him for his service well initially that was the case but uh he posted there, something there are some rumblings about uh now that that mr pickett is going to be returning that he may be changing his mind which we will uh uh, I'm sure we'll be finding that out in the next uh, in the next week or so. Um, so it, it and and next the week, big man, the big man on campus says he's back and let all the dominoes fall uh, after that. Uh, that he, just there there are gonna there's all sorts of people who are thinking about transferring or graduating, and now they're totally changing their plans uh, all because the guy with the best hair in the ACC and maybe all of college football is uh, coming back. He's a modern day Pied Piper. And, um, you know, next week we will be giving our uh, our season review, full season review uh, 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 of the, the 2020 season. And we'll be looking more uh, uh, given some outlook 
for for the 2021 season. Um, but right now there are there are this is really you know thrown a a, a a wrench into this whole situation with you know having to you know replace uh, not just a quarterback but but a receiver that you relied heavily on this year and that might all be changing around. Yeah, that that is a uh, that is insane to think. Uh, we we were kind of looking at a doom and gloom type episode this week with players leaving. And the last time we saw some people, uh, that outlook is good. What we saw from the pit offensive line in this game was good. Uh, what we saw from the pit defensive line all season long, pretty much was good. And what we expect is maybe even better when we get into some recruiting talk, Vince. So I can't. I, I I'm I'm really optimistic coming out of this game. And also. Pitt won the last three quarters of that game score-wise, and I said it last week jokingly, but Pitt winning, accumulating more quarters over the end end of this season too, taking it really baby steps in this season because you could tell there was a part of this season, it's not a whole season review yet, Pam, but there was a moment where you saw Pitt was maybe believing a little bit of their own hype for a while. They were brought back down to earth. This game showed them ready to do work, I think come 2021 in hopefully a post-pandemic season. Yeah, I mean, they won the turnover battle here. Um, it's always nice. I mean, Georgia Tech is uh, a bad opponent, but at, they came out and they did what they needed to do here. And different parts of the team that were struggling look good. So it's a good way to end the season um, on a on a high note. Yeah, and this seems like how Pat Narduzzi would prefer to play. You know, held the, held the ball for 37 minutes won the turnover battle, uh, you know, had a, a great day from your running back. And you know, to do this, I know Georgia Tech is not necessarily some powerhouse offense, but, you know, you didn't have DeMar Hamlin back there, your, your leader, your de- defense. You didn't have Rashad Weaver, one of your best defensive ends. Uh, so you're, you're playing a lot of younger guys who you're really going to need to rely on next year. Guys getting a lot of experience. Uh, I think that bodes well for the defense. We the, the deep, we had a lot of hype for the defense this year. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about more how they did last week. But, you know, seeing some of these younger guys really come in there and perform well uh, is, is good news uh, for next season. Yeah, and we, of course, are going to, uh, I think, we'll, we'll be delving into some of this in just a moment. I want to talk about skipping the bowl, but also note that they did have to kick four field goals in this game. You don't want to ever have to kick that many field goals to win a football game. Pitt did, and uh, that might speak to, well, the offensive coordinating situation. Let's talk about that in a second, though. What about declining bowl, the bowl season, which a lot of teams are doing, Pam? I have Heather like statement right here. Let me read it to you. Our football student-athlete sacrifice and commitment have been extraordinary. Amen to that. This season has been an especially taxing experience physically and mentally on and off the field. Despite this unprecedented environment, our team finished strong, concluding with last night's win at Georgia Tech. We are thankful and proud of how they handled the past six months and want them to have a well-deserved restful holiday season with their families and loved ones. We're in a pandemic. We're going to play a whole season, but we'll skip the bowl game is basically what that sums up to be. I'm hoping these players get sent their PS5s at least, Pam, because they're missing out on all the cool swag from a bowl game. Well, the whole bowl experience is going to be different. They don't get to go somewhere 
warm and hang out on a beach for a few days. Like, everything's different. I am so happy they're skipping the ball game. Let these kids, unpaid student athletes, go home, be with their families, be with their friends in a safe environment, um, and kind of just relax. Like, the mental toll. I mean, I think we all can feel personally, let alone being a student athlete and being so isolated at times from anyone in the outside world um, is just tough. So good for them. Good for Pitt. I'm happy they made the right decision yeah. and was the second or third team to do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and there are, there's more each and every day that are um, that, that are choosing not to participate in the bowl season. There are more bowls each and every day that are that are canceling their games. Um, and, and well, one quick note, uh, you talked about going somewhere warm on a beach. Uh, it's very possible that Pitt would have been playing a bowl game in, in you know, Baltimore, Maryland yeah, or, yeah, or New York City. But uh, still, but, I mean. The, the players themselves, uh, and Charlie Partridge uh, tweeted this out, that, you know, the players voted uh, whether to play or not. Uh, it sounds like it was mostly their decision, decision and, and the coaches and the administration supported them. Uh, these bowl games are, are nothing more than glorified exhibition matches, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you, you know, people get excited about you know whether Pitt wins a bowl game or loses a bowl game. To me, to me, I, it, it doesn't really matter that much. Now, if you're talking, I honestly, that, can- I honestly. Uh, I honestly, year to year, forget whether or not the previous year we even won our bowl game. I, if you, I definitely remember the final ACC game more. Now, so if you talk about, if you're talking about a big bowl game, Pam, I know you're you're going to want to hold me to this, but if you're talking about a New Year's Six Bowl or New Year's Day Bowl, I think that's a little bit different, and where where the result does matter a little bit more, but in you know, if you're talking about the pinstripe bowl or the military bowl, tax or the, slayer. Uh, well, the tax slayer, the Gator Bowl, that's a big one. But if you're talking about the mayonnaise bowl, you know, th- those those to me don't Ew. matter that much. Okay, so Al, for next year, next December, <laughs> I want you. We can clip this off, and hopefully, COVID. Uh, we'll be more under control, and we can watch next year's bowl game together. And when Vince gets all riled up because Pitt is losing or things aren't going well, um, we can play him that clip that he's he says it doesn't matter if they win or lose. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll have it on deck. I mean, it's good to get excited just because Pitt's playing, but in the end, yeah, those yeah. he's he, he's I think he's right. I mean, but he's right, win but him, he doesn't course, act like the, that during bowl games. Well, if you're gonna play in it, well, you might as well win. <laughs> there you we gotta go. go all in. Yeah, that's but, but it's the mentality. Yeah, but, for sure. But you you got to question the motivation some of these teams uh, when they're playing in these bowl games. You know, more and more a year that's, uh, each year there's star players uh, choosing to sit out, and and you got to wonder how how serious some of these teams are taking it. Um, now, I, I I'll tell you something right now. If Pitt was going to be playing in the Orange Bowl or something like that this year, I don't think these players would would be no. cho- choosing to to uh, to to skip it. Um, but, but I'm okay with it, you know, with where the season was, with what these players had to go through. Um, I'm per, I'm perfectly fine and I'm hoping, and I know this is not going to happen, but I'm hoping that, you know, college football sees this and reduces the number of bowls and that it seeing that, you know, since they didn't have them, they really didn't matter that much, but uh, there's, there's probably very little chance of that happening. Yeah, right. Next year, they're probably going to have double bowl games and make up bowl <laughs> games and have teams playing two bowl games. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, freaking right. Can't get 
lessening the amount of bulls. No way. Uh, all right, let's talk about it. The man, the man of the hour, the big man on campus, tweeted out at Kenny Pickett ten on Twitter. One more year. Hashtag H two P. And he put a, a real, just a picturesque big man on campus uh, selfie of himself. Well, it wasn't a selfie, but a picture of himself uh, to get Pitt fans hyped. Kenny Pickett coming back. Level of surprise, Pam. What does it mean? Where are we at now with our quarterback coming back, senior leadership at Pitt? A guy some people thought had a shot at the draft. I'm shocked, but um... – Good for him if he thinks this is the right decision. If he would have left, that would have been the right decision. Whatever he wants to do, we need to support these student athletes. Uh, but I, it means a lot to Pitt that he's coming back. It would have been uh, a little struggle watching because the little glimpses we got this year of the backup quarterbacks weren't great. I mean, they were in tough positions. But I think some of those guys, another year of development, another year of uh, Pickett's leadership, and I think it's going to have a trickle-down effect on the rest of the team. And, um, you know, we'll see what some guys, if they could have left, if they're coming back. I think it, it means a lot of really good things for Pitt, um, and I think it raises those expectations even more, um, which might well, not be good because well, then that... we might get disappointed hard. But <laughs> yeah. um, it's hard to say yeah. without the schedule and not sure everyone – who's coming back, but it definitely raises expectations, like multiple win expectations. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if you looked at, and, and, you know, it's very possible that if, if Kenny Pickett was going uh, to the draft, that, you know, the, the quarterback room would have been shaken up uh, even more, maybe even some more additions, uh, people were speculating. But, you know, the fact that he is coming back, um, it, that is, that was the, you know, probably the biggest mystery area for, for the roster next year. And, and now you got this guy who, who's played, you know, excellent football more often than not. I know he, his last couple games uh, here with the Panthers were, were not, not his best, uh, but I thought he played pretty well this season. And to have him back is just absolutely huge. Like you said, Pam, there wasn't a whole lot of confidence in, in the guys behind him. And Ugh, I, I don't know how much of the more of the soft toss and Joey yell and I could maybe he should convert to linebacker. Well, I, well I will say <laughs> with, this with the, with the throw, some of the throws we saw. Well, I will say this, uh, you know, at least one of those guys, uh, Patty, uh, Bevel and, and Yellen, at least one of those guys will be gone. I feel confident saying that maybe two uh, because uh, we, we do have uh, um, prep quarterback, Nate Yarnell, uh, signing uh with Pitt today um so it, that's at least you know two guys there uh you got your cute maybe your quarterback of the future your quarterback of the present and and those guys in the middle hard to say um what hard to say what's going to happen for them but but it is certainly a crowded room no doubt about that is Kenny Pickett coming back I'm, I'm really excited I'm so pumped because that leadership is very important in college football. But I don't know how much it means if the Whipple regime stays intact. That's the real question on everybody's mind. Nobody expected Kenny Pickett to come back, really. When you, when you even hear a, a rumbling of NFL in your name, usually you go now. 
Uh, maybe he was saying, you know what, XFL's in t- 2022. I'll get ready for that. I don't know. I don't know what Kenny was thinking, but it couldn't have been, oh, Coach Whipple's going to stay and I want to be playing for him running to the sidelines every single second next year, Pam. Did it or does it? I don't know. You would think that a guy's coming back because he knows all the same coaches are going to be back. So if you wanted Whipple gone, I don't know how confident that I am in that happening anymore. Yeah, I don't know because we saw early in Pickett's career like the change in offensive coordinators and just guys in general and Pitt over time having so many different offensive coordinators. Um, we're not happy with Whipple, but at least it's consistent. I don't know. I think it will be interesting to see what happens, but I think Whipple – We'll be there to stay, honestly. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Yeah, I mean, if you're Kenny Pickett, would you want to come back and have to learn a new system and could possibly no. hurt your, uh, your, you know, your draft stock? Uh, you know, it, not that it was super high, but, it, you know, I suppose it could get worse um, if you got to learn a new system and you're putting it in some bad situations. So you got to think uh, – Whipple was coming back, you would think. Now, let me propose this to both of you. Uh, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. Say Whipple comes back, but his only work that he does is just with the quarterbacks, and maybe uh, Coach Beatty, the wide receiver coach, maybe he's promoted to a co-offensive coordinator, and maybe he does all the play calling. Or maybe they shuffle up some of their coaches maybe a, uh maybe a coach is let go and they bring in an offensive coordinator and Whipple is still just designated as as the only the quarterback coach only going to work with the quarterback so would do you see a scenario like that and do you think that that would be a, an improvement well would Whipple agree to that at this point in his career I don't know I I, I would say that he would okay uh and the reason I say that is because this guy has been yeah, he's been around a long time, and yeah, it, it. I think he'd maybe be willing to. I, I don't know him personally, but maybe he'd be willing to just you know make his mark on the program with just concentrating on those quarterbacks and getting those guys ready because maybe that's what he's best at. And then you give the play calling responsibilities to somebody else. I'm sure he'll be involved in the game planning. But you could see maybe the play calling being shifted over. And I wonder, you know, the play calling, it seemed like that they were running the ball a whole lot more in those last few games, uh, Clemson game aside, you know, was maybe, you know, there was some influence from some other coaches on the staff. I I don't know. I'm I'm just speculating. But I could see a situation where he is just working with the quarterbacks and maybe that's what got Kenny Pickett to return. I would love that, and I would root for that because that is what Mark Whipple's best at. He's been great at it his whole career. As a play caller, he's had success too, But and even with Pitt for a while, but just the last about season and a half, I'd say, has just been really frustrating as a fan. So I think the scenario you painted, Vince, with Coach B calling plays, Whipple, Whipple working exclusively with Pickett, Yarnell and the other QBs, that's what I'm all about. That's what I'm hoping happens. But – I don't know because I, I don't know Whipple personally. From what I've seen, he seems like a, a pretty selfless team-focused kind of coach. He hasn't made crazy leaps for jobs, leaving people high and dry or anything. So uh, I don't know what to expect. That's going to be the thing we watch closest as fans yeah. 
of pit football this offseason now that we know Kenny Pickett's back. We, we're, you know, signing days here. This is all, all this stuff is now kind of going to the rear view. What we focus on now is what the hell is going to go on with the offensive play calling next year. Something that we really are hoping gets cleaned up and focus more on what we saw in this Georgia Tech game, the run game, Pam, and the offensive line's development. Yeah, absolutely. Um, continue to move those areas of the offense forward and then it'll allow Pickett to be more successful. Yeah, and, and we're just proposing this about Whipple. We don't we don't know. We're just we're just guessing of different things that they might do. It seems pretty obvious he's coming back. Yeah. You know? But you know, if you're Pitt and you tell Whipple, hey, we're gonna keep you at your same salary, but we're gonna reduce maybe some of your responsibilities so you could focus and really excel in a certain area. I think that's uh to me that's a win win for both both parties there. Uh, so I hope that's what happens. Yeah, ho- we do need to see some more uh, dynamic pr- play calling, like you said, Alan, specifically in the run game. Yeah, help us transition to a new a new kind of offensive uh, scheme and regime, but we don't want to get rid of you. That's happened in other places before. So let's see if it happens, or let's just see if it's more of the same and just super frustrating because when you have a defensive line that's going to really – make splash plays all the time and give you chances to succeed on offense. And you don't, uh, there's the people need to pay the price for not delivering with those opportunities this year. You would have said it was Mark Whipple and Kenny Pickett coming back. Pat Narduzzi seems to have confidence in him. We'll see what happens there, but really kind of an unexpected point. We're at here halfway through December season's over. No bowl game to look forward to. This is like, all on my mind now, Mark Whipple. And that's exactly what the Pitternet was a buzz about too. As soon as Pickett said back said, Oh my God, does this mean Whipple's back too? was a lot of the reaction I saw. So we'll, we'll see. It's all we can. And if you have any other scenarios to paint uh, in the future, let us know at H2P show on Twitter. What do you think happens with the pit offensive play calling next year? Now that Kenny Pickett's back more of the same. Something Vince said there. I like, I like those ideas, Vince, but, it's all part of Pat Narduzzi's off-season planning, I'm sure. Recruiting. Here we go. Signing day, though, Vince. This is why this one, this episode's such a jumbo episode. A lot of new faces, a lot of new players to talk about. The 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 recruiting class pretty high up there, top twenty five at least on most of those uh your you know your rivals and all that. So where where's Pitt at overall? on most of these spots, like 20th, 21st, I saw 19th on one. Yeah. 21st on rivals.com. One of the, one of the most, you know, uh, reputable uh, services out there. Um, And, and probably with good reason there, there's a lot of, a lot to like in these classes. Um, uh, Pam, this. Well, uh, well, real quick before, besides my, I just want my main question is for all the people who aren't recruit Knicks, who do we care about here that you're going to talk about besides Elliot Donald? That's what well, everybody. Well, that's, well, that's, yeah, that's why I was going to talk to ask Pam about here is that, you know, you know, we know about the big local guys that, that we've seen, you know, we saw, uh, of course, Elliot Donald, Nakai Johnson, Dorian Ford, uh, you know, those guys, you know, at least two of them going to be, you know, just, just hell raisers, on that defensive line, we'll see if Ford he may, he may move to the offensive line by by the time it's all said and done. Uh, last uh, last week we talked about Naquan Brown, uh, an edge rusher, four stars. 
uh, out of Virginia Beach, one of the top five players in Virginia, uh, top 200 player nationally, uh, commit to Pitt. Uh, but who, who are you looking at, Pam, as, as some of these other uh, guys that ha- we haven't talked about recently? Or it's been a while. They've been recruited, uh, committed for a while. We haven't talked about them. Yeah, so I think for me it's Javon McIntyre, defensive back out of Emetep Charter out yep. of Philadelphia. Three stars, uh, 6'1", 181. Um, he's got some great offers, good offer sheet. I know uh, Panther fans are always looking at the offer oh, yeah. sheet. He, you know, schools like Arizona State, WVU, Tennessee, um, Coastal Carolina. Don't sleep on the Chanticleers anymore. Um, Georgia Tech, Iowa State, Michigan State. Um, it seems like a guy that fits right in a Narduzzi scheme, um, right into that defense, um, and definitely a depth position guy. Um, yep. So I'm interested to see him develop, uh, especially early on, maybe a guy that uh, might be able to step in or help yep. out with his athleticism. Yeah, they, they really went hard in the defensive backs. Yes. Uh, th- this this uh, recruiting cycle, I thought they went pretty hard at him last year. So, yeah, and you think about it with uh, – you know, with Jason Pinnock moving on, no Paris Ford, no uh, Demar Hamlin. Uh, we'll see what what Demari Mathis' future holds. Uh, but you know, you, you need a, a new influx uh, of talent there. Uh, I, I do like McIntyre. One guy that I, I can't speak enough about is Khalil Anderson. This has been uh, a guy in the defensive backfield that Pitt. Uh, Pitt fans, if you've been following this, you're maybe a little nervous about losing this guy. I know he's only three stars uh, on Rivals.com, but don't let that fool you out of the Atlanta area. This kid has some big-time offers, Arkansas, Kansas State, Miami, Michigan State, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Penn State, South Carolina, Minnesota, Duke, Kansas. Um, And a lot of people are worried about Georgia calling for this kid. A lot of people worry about Clemson coming after this kid, uh, but Pitt was able to hold on to him and get him signed. So I think that is just absolutely huge for Pitt uh, to keep this kid that a lot of a lot of schools seem to want. And and you look at all these defensive backs, Pam, they're going to have a chance to do that and, and show their stuff early on. Let me ask you a question, uh, since you're the one who's grinding the tape here on some of these guys. Were there any surprises t- uh, today? Anyone that we weren't anticipating? Yes, yes there were. Uh, uh, another defensive back, ironically, uh, Tamarian Crumpley uh, uh, out of Cincinnati, Ohio, 6'1", 180, uh, three stars with offers from, from Kentucky, Michigan State, Minnesota, WVU, Washington State. Uh, so th- there was uh, a kid there that is one of those big, long, rangy defensive backs that Pat Narduzzi likes in his system, and it seems like he's identified those guys. If you look at all these uh, defensive backs that they got, they're all just about six foot or taller. Uh, so I, I'm looking at these guys, and I'm interested to see what positions they end up playing. Uh, it seems like they could all be you know, safeties or or cornerbacks by the time it's all said and done. Uh, so that's going to that's be fascinating. Do you think – do you think that Narduzzi wins over a guy like Tamarian Crumpley, beat, you know, beating out schools like Michigan and and uh, WVU for a recruit by just 
by, because those schools aren't telling the kids, all right, you're going to get to go out there and you don't have to do anything except just run with a guy, man, the entire game. You'll have no help over the top, but you don't need to learn how to play zone with me. Just tackle and cover people. <laughs> you'll, you'll be exposed and probably burned a few times. But, <laughs> but you joke, but look it's at the great guys prep that are for the in, NFL. I was going to yeah. say, we have Avante Maddox, a guy that we struggled. I mean, I know that yeah. wasn't Narduzzi's original recruit, right? Uh, uh, he was maybe an original class person. I, yeah, I can't but remember. we we have Avante Maddox. I mean, he's been a little banged up for the Eagles. And, the and Dane Jordan, Jackson, Dane Jackson for the Bills, and we got Jordan Whitehead. Um, Pin, yeah, do, so do yeah. I Pinnock's mean, a, and Pinnock's probably going to get drafted. There you go, Pinnock, and and certainly you know Demar Hamlin, Paris Ford. You would expect to see those guys. You know, so I mean, yeah, they're the scheme, and it's tough to watch it sometimes. But there's definitely a development of talent. There. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah, as far as, you know, bringing in good guys that to play that system, you know, it's doing an excellent job. Um, yeah, you know, we talked about the, the, the defensive linemen, uh, uh, specifically out of the local area, Donald and Johnson. Those guys are going to be excellent uh, that, that, they, uh, that they got uh, beaten out some very stiff competition. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the offensive side of the ball, Alan. Uh, you talked about offensive line recruiting and how that needs to step up. Well, you know, they got, uh, let's see here, one, two, three, four uh, recruits, uh, and then a fifth one uh, expected to sign in February. Um, so they're bringing in uh, s- some big men on, the, on, the, on yeah. that offensive line to come in there and, and, mo- and move some holes. Uh, what, what I do like about some of these guys is, Alan, uh, like a Terrence Rankle, for example, 6'5", 275 pounds. Uh, this isn't somebody that's already, you know, 320 pounds. There's some room to grow and fill out those frames there, and that's what I'm excited to see in, in you know, maybe two or three years. These guys are ready to go out there and perform. Yeah, and that's going to be on pit strength and conditioning and and molding these players into what Pat Narduzzi wants them to do, and that's going to be to – hopefully have some sort of running game moving forward. I bet he really liked what he did against Georgia Tech. It makes his his defense work a little less harder. Playing man the entire game is not so hard when your offense has it 37 minutes in the game. And then also when you got a quarterback like Nate Yarnell, who's statuesque, He's gonna be he's gonna be a pocket passer, right? Vince, so they're gonna have to be protecting this guy when he finally takes the helm as the next in line behind Penny Kenny. Pickett. Yeah, uh, yeah, six foot six, two hundred pounds out of Austin, Texas, a, a, a tall drink of water. Uh, is this uh, is this the 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 famous high school he went to, Lake Travis? Isn't that Drew Brees High School? And a I was couple just, other NFL quarterbacks. I was just gonna look up there? Lake Travis well, High School. That's, that's what exactly I was about to ask you, Pam. Was that you know, if you're getting a, a, a big quarterback out of Texas, you know, you got to be excited for that. You don't see that in Pittsburgh too often. No, not at all. And, I mean, he's he was recruited mostly uh, offers from Houston, Nevada, Tulsa, Utah. Um, oh, man, Lake Travis, uh, Baker Mayfield, um, he, he came out of there. Um, so I'm not sure about Drew Brees trying to uh, – Trying to find that information out, but uh, you know, Lake Travis well, definitely uh, good to see well, see some 
some different recruiting states on there, especially Texas quarterbacks. That's like well, a pedigree there. So. Well, yeah, that's what I was, you know, they, uh, I, I was about to bring up. If you look at, you know, some of the schools that they've plucked kids out of, maybe not necessarily extremely high rated kids, but they come from big time high school programs. Uh, Jake Renda, tight end, uh, 6'5", 220 pounds out of IMG Academy in Florida. Um, you know, we joked last week about about getting an average tight end. Well, you know, this kid, he's big. I'm very curious to see how he how he could perform. And, you know, he's coming from he's coming from a football factory. Uh, so that, that's got to count for something, don't you think? Oh, man. Could you imagine if Pitt had a, a tight end like that one UCLA was running out there against the Trojans last week? Yeah. Someone who could actually catch on to the ball and run after the catch. And when you're playing at a place like IMG Academy, uh, that's where you go find those types of athletes. Uh, hopefully, yeah. uh, Renda has the hands. But damn it, it's about time we, we these t- tight end jokes become a thing of the past. I'm tired I, of making I- them. I, I hope so. Uh, I'm hoping Luke, we, we didn't really talk about him, and we will talk about him next week. Lucas Kroll, uh, tight end transfer from Florida uh, that, that barely played for Pitt this year out due to injury. Uh, this guy, we were expecting huge things from. He is hyped that Kenny Pickett is coming back. Uh, so, you know, uh, hopefully that tight end drought is, is going to end next year. Uh, to round out some of these skill position players, um, they, they didn't get too many, uh, you know, only two wide receivers, two running backs. Um, and, and those are crowded areas right now for the Panthers. But uh, these guys that they got, you know, uh, you know, were wanted by a lot of big time schools. So uh, I'm very excited to, to see, you know, uh, Rodney Hammond and Malik Newton, uh, two running backs, you know, both these guys uh, off, offered by South Carolina and Penn State and Virginia Tech. WVU uh, and and North Carolina uh, and some of them uh, Malik Newton's case you know offered by Clemson and Louisville and Tennessee Texas A&M so and and Hammond also offered by TCU and and Nebraska so I I think you know they got some some good running backs there and you know outside of Vincent Davis nobody's really taking control uh, of that uh, of that backfield so you know, we were hoping to see see it with Israel Bonaconda this year, Alan. He didn't quite uh, make the impression that we were wanting to see. So it's possible that you could see one of these two running backs, um, you know, really get in there and do some damage. Um, uh, spe- specifically, Malik Newton. This guy is a big running back, uh, 215 pounds, uh, almost six foot tall. Uh, you got to turn on his tape. This guy is, is a hard runner. Vince killing it right here, Pam. You see how fired up he is on signing day? It's it's like a holiday right now, and now I'm so excited now for the future of Pitt football after what ultimately next week when we review was not that great of a season. But I am really optimistic right now. I don't know about you. Yeah, I told Vince he started to tell me all these things. I said, you got to save it for the show. Um, but he's equally fired up all that the time fire. about recruiting. He's that always- youngster's eye. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll move on here, but before we do, I'm gonna, I want to highlight one more player. Jaden Bradley uh, out of DeMatha High School, uh, which is a, a, oh. um, a an, an athletic machine. Basketball um, powerhouse. Yeah, yeah, basketball and football. Didn't James Robinson go there? Yeah, James Matt, uh, Robinson. Yep. You know, Pitt, 
Pitt has recruited guys out at DeMatha uh, for, for quite some time. And, and you know, this guy didn't have tremendous offers. Uh, Coastal Carolina, Liberty, uh, Virginia, Wake Forest. Um, but one thing I do want to point out is this guy is six foot four, 195 pounds. Um, Pitt's wide receiver core, you know, you know, with with uh, Jordan Addison and you know, I guess Taysier Mack coming back, Shockey Jock Louis coming back, maybe a DJ Turner coming back. Um, but one thing that they don't have, they don't have uh, a lot of big receivers. Uh, Jared Wayne is a big receiver, but you know, with you know, some of his issues catching the ball, you got to wonder, you know, is, is he really somebody that you could count on? Uh, so I think getting a big receiver in the mix, uh, a bigger receiver in the mix, I think is important. And uh, I'm excited to see uh, it, it, if some of these bigger guys can, can make an impact. Uh, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I think this is a very solid class. We'll see who they add in February. Uh, hopefully they could add a, a few more players. Um, but uh, And I guess uh, I would say, both Alan and Pam, that it seems like it's, it's, a, it's a good mix uh, across all positions. I don't think that they really missed on anything. This is probably one of the more solid recruiting classes that, that Pat Narduzzi's had. On paper, and with all those Pat signals going out, I mean, that's absolutely, I'm with you. And that's why, that's why I have been hesitant to jump on that, what are we doing here with this regime bandwagon that so many people were getting on in the middle of this season. And I'm pretty hyped for the future. This recruiting class could end up being very good because so many needs seem to be getting met, Vince. And also, the breakdown of this recruiting class just now is why this podcast hails to pit harder than any other pit podcast. Kicking ass right there, good brother. That was amazing. Yeah, and and also, we should, we should also give some credit, Pam. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this because uh, a lot of people that we loaf with they talk about uh, the importance of recruiting in Florida and recruiting in the South. Well, because of all the because of uh, uh, the pandemic, that was made very difficult this year. You couldn't get those kids from Florida on your campus. What does Pat Narduzzi do? He identifies some of the best talent he can in in you know the state of Virginia, and he pulls a bunch of guys out of there. Uh, in the surrounding area. He went to Detroit, Michigan, pulled out a couple guys there. He goes to Ohio, gets a couple guys there, certainly did well locally. Uh, he's got those guys within driving distance. He showed the ability to adapt. I think that's huge. Maybe next year we'll start to see more guys uh, out of the South uh, that everybody covets. Yeah, I mean, but if you get the best player from a yeah. different who state, cares who cares from? where they're from? They, I mean, they got a quarterback from Texas. So yeah. they got an offensive lineman from Utah. So I actually was thinking, well, they got – and people care about Florida and they care about those local guys and they got the best local talent yeah, to, locked up. So I think it's great. I'm excited. And headlined by Elliot, by God, Donald. Although – being a recruit in this class, knowing that Elliot Donald's part of it, I mean, it's, it's probably some players that are going to say, hey, I want to step out and be the the ace from this this class. It's going to be competitive. It's going to be fun to see how they compete against each other for spots when they get into the program. A holiday right here on the Hell to Pit, show, Hell to Pit podcast. Uh, beautiful, beautiful sign day, I'd say, for Pat Narduzzi. Uh, coming off of a win, 
it's it's been it's a pretty good December for him, I'd say. I mean, considering where things were at just a few weeks ago. So pit football season ends, but of course the season never ends because you gotta recruit. And we're covering it all right here on the Hail to Pit podcast. It would be a five-hour show if we broke every single player down, Vince. I know you want to, but you've got time to to give dish more on players in the coming episodes. We got to get into hoops right now, if that's yeah. Okay. Especially we're, we're on the clock right now because we got a pit basketball game coming up in under an hour oh. as of this live on tape show. Uh, the men's basketball uh, team going to be taking on the University of Miami. Uh, to open up ACC oh, play, killing uh, me. But killing but, you know, me. I, I'm right. I'm right here. I'm just a hop, <laughs> skip, and a jump. Not allowed to go to the game. Watching it with with my quote unquote hurricane fan in laws. They don't. They don't give a rat's ass about the U. Uh, they, you know, people down here. They say, "Oh, they're playing." Oh, I root for them. I guess they don't know. But we're gonna watch the game together and root against each other. It's gonna be a lot of fun. That's called heat culture. I've I've learned. Uh, but. <laughs> But, but Pam, uh, this pit basketball team, you called it. You said that uh, this team's got to rebound better and that rebounding is, is not about size and height. It's all about effort. And they went out against Northwestern uh, and they had a big second half comeback. And then they followed it up by, by dominating Gardner-Webb. And in both those games, uh, they, they won the rebounding margin uh, by, by 20 at least. Uh, didn't shoot that great, but whenever you rebound that well, you can be overcoming some of those uh, poor shooting. Yeah, you get extra chances or you prevent your opponents from getting ex- extra chances. Obviously, I did not stay up to watch the entire Northwestern game. The very first thing I do after checking the score is uh, uh, checking the rebounding margin. So I, I told you Pitt up rebounded them by 20. Um, so it was very in that Northwestern game. Very exciting. Champagne back-to-back 20-20 game. Um, you know, he's he's doing really well. Yeah, Gardner-Webb's not the best opponent, but we've seen this team not be able to beat good opponents. So good for them for um, getting some confidence. That Northwestern win really helped them, and I'm interested to see how hard this team competes as we continue to go through ACC play. Yeah, th- yeah, this yep, uh, this is going to be this is going to be a, a a barn burner of a game tonight too. I think this there. From what I've seen from the U, I did scout him a little bit before tonight, Vince. And I think it's Champagne is is gaining momentum too in the eyes of like recruits and the national media. This one could could steal the show in terms of competitive basketball that gets people excited for this season in the ACC. Yeah, I think you got to get excited. I mean, Champagne seems to be you know one of the one of the best players to come through Pitt in in quite some time, probably in a decade, at least in terms of production. Uh, this guy's only six foot six, and and he's grabbing twenty rebounds a game. That, that's impressive, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I, I think this guy is very good. And um, yeah, last year I was a little skeptical, but this year he's you know he's picked up right where where he left off, and you know is uh, as the star of this team. And Xavier Johnson and and Adise Tony, they've been playing pretty well. I think for the most part, uh, they've been getting a lot of uh, uh, combined, good combined uh, defensive efforts uh, and rebounding efforts from from their big guys, Hughley and Koulibaly, uh down low. Uh, so and and you got Jeffress who, who's starting to play more and, and chip it in, Pam. So yeah, I was very nervous about going against some of these uh, gargantuan teams in the ACC. 
uh, thought they were just going to get killed down low, but it seems like they're they're starting to you know find a rhythm there and hold their own. Yeah, and heart and effort. Uh, I mean, size definitely helps, but if you can continue to outwork your opponent, good things will happen on the basketball court. Well, Pam, tonight we'll look out because speaking of heart and effort, they're going against two players that are guards, and they play with that Harlan Beverly and Isaiah Wong guards who can rebound for the Miami Hurricanes. So. That this will be a, I'm telling you, a good test for that, that measuring the measuring the pit heart and effort on on the boards tonight, which we've been talking about since the season started. So, that this is a this is a fun start to the season, uh, you know, after what was an abysmal first game, uh, but getting getting their legs under them, maybe a little bit of swag, a little bit of confidence, and really a go to guy. When does it? When was the last time Pitt had that, Vince? A go to yeah. guy. I I would say. Uh, a real go-to guy would, would be, you know, a Sam Young or LeVance Fields, um, a guy that you could really count on for a big basket and create their own shot. I think it's been that long since they had a, had a real uh, go-to guy. I'll, I'll do respect to some of the players they've had, you know, come through here, you know, a Lamar Patterson or, or a Brad Wanamaker. You know, those guys were, 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 were decent players in their own right, but, you know, uh, you know, Champagne's playing on another level right now. 20 and 20, baby. Think he goes for it tonight, Pam? Uh, I don't think so. I think that would be tough to tough to do three times in a row, regardless of your opponent. But who knows? Think about the hype trade that's going to be in on ESPN national media for Pitt Hoops, or at least for him, if he does something like that, though, tonight. that That's the kind of attention you can get playing in the ACC. Uh, women's basketball also got got to mention they got Florida State. They're in the midst of ACC play, Pam, and they beat Clemson. They're one and one in the ACC right now. Yeah, it was a great. Uh, Clemson's not a great opponent. Um, they lost to Virginia Tech. They played tough in that game though. Uh, but the big thing was for the Panthers here. Big fourth quarter comeback. Um, they were down by 14 heading into the fourth quarter, and they scored 51 points in the second half. So um, the offense has definitely stepped up here um, for Lance White. Um, they play Florida State on Sunday. Um, good program. Yep. Sue, Sue Summerall, the yep. legendary uh, head coach who Lance White coached uh, for many years with, um, is actually not part of the Florida State team this year. Took some time off to care for her mom. Um, but uh, Florida State, good opponent, Great measuring stick for this Panther program. And even when they lost to Virginia Tech, much more competitive. Really enjoyed. I really enjoy watching this team play. They're a fun team. They're a must-watch team because of the excitement and scoring they bring. What a turnaround from last year. Yeah, yeah. They just haven't had the firepower offensively uh, to compete with some of these teams in the the ACC. And I, I really like the fact that, you know, they're, you know, you said Clemson, not a great team. Well, they went out and beat them. You know, you know, it was a tough game, but they went out and beat them. They were competitive against Virginia Tech. Hopefully, they're competitive this week again, again this weekend against Florida State because you know eventually you're going to have to go up against an NC State or Louisville teams that are ranked in the top five. Uh, they're going to be very difficult challenges. So you got to get every win that you can uh, going up against these teams. And and you know who knows? Maybe maybe Pitt uh, could be flirting with. Maybe a 500 record in the ACC. We'll see. Hoops, hoops, hoops is what it's all about. Now that football has ended, we're going to be covering a whole lot more of it. We do have our football review show next week, but 
basketball now in the midst of the ACC play and with winning actually happening, I mean, that's it's only going to get better on this show, talking about a winning team, hopefully, on both men's and women's. Let's follow it along, and hopefully Pitt beats the U tonight. And that's uh, really going to be going to be what the, this week's all all about for me. I'm not looking forward to many sporting events other than that this week, Pam. I don't know. That's these in-laws are, are really talking a lot of trash, and I don't think they could name even Jim Laranaga. I don't know if they know anything about the <laughs> Miami basketball team, but they are really talking a lot of trash to me. But nothing like what we see on the Pitternet, of course not. It's unbeaten, undefeated. The Pitternet reigns supreme in terms of the best and most ludicrous pit talk if you're ready to go into the digital space vince i'm ready to get us there yeah let's do it i had a hard time narrowing it down this week i I found a couple gems we need to save for next week as well all right let's do it it's time for some of that computer love can you explain what internet is i hear there's rumors on the uh internets and to all those faceless keyboard warriors on twitter we're a good guy football team. I'm proud of these guys. All right. Panther Guy 4 on Panther Lair said, My buddy and I argue about everything. We've been friends since high school. Of, of course, he went to PSU. I told him yesterday that I thought Kenny Pickett was one of the toughest college quarterbacks I have seen. He told me Clifford was 10 times tougher than Pickett. I told him Pickett would submit Clifford two minutes into an MMA match. What do you think? I think Kenny would destroy him. This sounds a lot like the argument those ki- that Billy Madison has with that kid about video games. Uh, <laughs> I, no, I disagree. I think Mortal Kombat is the better game. I, I disagree. <laughs> I think Kenny Pickett is the tougher quarterback. I, I got Kenny Pickett winning by Darce Choke. How about yeah. you? <laughs> I, I, I agree. Uh, I, I'm guessing this would be contested in the light heavyweight division. Um, and I, I think he would... Uh, um, he, he he would win by submission, uh, maybe a heel hook, uh, because because I could see uh, oh, uh, I could yeah I could I could see Clifford trying to run away from him, and and uh, and, and you know, uh, Pickett just, just grabbing him by the leg, and, you know, making him tap out. Now he could if you see this other this uh, this next thing, uh, and Pam, I can't wait to hear you chime in on this. Uh, uh, one of the uh, another poster. On, on Panther Lair, Panther Holla, he, he, responded, he, just... resp- <laughs> he responded to this, and this actually had me kind of nervous for, for this. And he said, the question is, would Pickett have to consult his corner between punches? And, you know, if if, if Mark Whipple's in his corner, I suppose he's going to have to. Uh, yeah, and then he's going to get tired. I think it, it'll play into whether this is a three-round or a five-round heavy or a championship match. Now, would it also matter if it's in the 25-foot octagon or the 30-foot well, octagon? Well, Pickett has to keep running in the sideline every time. It absolutely matters. Well, hopefully it's 25 feet. Then. Yeah. yeah or, or should he just not punch and just uh, and just uh, you know, and go submit. for the takedown and, 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 and yeah, <laughs> make him give up? I, I mean, it's obvious Kenny Pickett's the tougher quarterback. Who'd Clifford ever beat? Uh, Cl- uh, Kenny Pickett has been doing this for years, and he's coming back for more. Let's see yeah. if this Sean Clifford, if he if he wants if he wants any more. Plus, they played played less game played less games in the Big Ten, and he lost a bunch. I guess coming back for another season there. I mean, seeing where their program's going, I don't know. You got to be maybe a masochist to be Clifford. Pug 35 
on Panther Lair said, legitimately ruined all the excitement I had for signing day. NOC hunting. I'm upset. Is Pug35 talking about Kenny Pickett returning? Yeah, it, I, he is. Um, I, I I think a lot of people had these wow. uh, th- these thoughts that uh, and we were thinking them too. Uh, you know, assuming Kenny Pickett's going to be gone um, and saying, you know, oh, we need to. Yeah, hopefully, you know, they're, they're going to make a change in their offensive system and you know, they're going to you know, do something drastically different. And they do need to, to, to do some better play calling. Uh, but I'll say this, um, that the play of Kenny Pickett and good execution by the offense, I think, will go much further than just a new play call. It's it's all about who's playing on the field ultimately. Now the running to the sideline stuff, the refusing to run the ball, um, that that that's goofy. But it's it's we've seen Pitt succeed doing some some of it too. We've seen we've seen them do all right under Whipple. And I not gonna I'm not gonna stray away from someone saying I was hoping for a new offensive coordinator. But if it means keeping Kenny Pickett. No one even presented that option to me <laughs> because I didn't think it was even possible because I really figured, you know, in this day and age, you go for that NFL contract. But um, Kenny Pickett must have he must have been advised that he could he has a chance to up his stock. And knowing that you have a potential NFL prospect, that might make Mark Whipple step his game up, Pam, because we can't. We can't negate the things the guy's done in the past. He's coached some great quarterbacks to become even better quarterbacks in the past. And, you know, maybe it was an off year for him. We don't know that. We we, we can't assess it, a guy's career just based on one season, too, either. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, maybe Whipple will try and mix things up and put uh, Pickett in the best position to succeed here uh, in 2021. So, Pug35, you you have to be hyped, especially with what Vince just broke down with the entire recruiting class. Like, there's excitement to be had. You can't dislike Mark Whipple's offense that much, I would hope. But it is the pitternet, so I'm not going to put it past you. All right, if you're ready to come back to the real world now, Vince, I haven't been in the city for a while, but from what you've been telling me, what my good close personal longtime dear good friend Pat, who's been keeping an eye on my house, making sure I don't get robbed by the sticky bandits while I'm away. He's been telling me people are talking a whole lot about this Kenny Pickett returning around town. Hey, a lot of people are talking about that. And hopefully you don't get visited by the wet bandits either. Yeah. Now would not oh, be a wet good time for that. <laughs> That'd be the worst. Another Saturday coming and the Panthers are playing. Trying to find out what the answers are saying. You hear that Kenny Pickett's coming back for another season. Yeah, see, I'm surprised because I heard that the Cowboys was going to draft him. Nah, McCarthy would never do that. Yeah, he loves Danucci kid too much. Well, either way, you ain't going to win with no run game, no matter who the quarterback is. I don't care if he's going to break all Marino's records. We got that Bushwick bill, though. Hell to pit. What the Yinzers are saying. So that's what the Yinzers are saying. Uh... A lot of people excited about Kenny Pickett coming back, nonetheless, regardless of why or or who or or what. More people are excited about Bushwick Bill, Vincent Davis. Or are they more excited about Klondike Bill? 
Maybe that's a discussion for another podcast. <laughs> but, but Alan, we got the conference championship uh, weekend here upon us, and we're going to be finding out that, uh, on Sunday who's going to be in the playoffs. Oh, college football playoff committee, especially you. You are just dumb. You are very dumb and 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 ridiculous. You are just ridiculous. And I just never thought I would be as angry as I used to get at the BCS, Pam. But oh. I have like a legitimate anger inside of my body that I want to be able to unleash somehow. I can't figure out the proper way to do it. I'm looking at this top 10 rankings. Nowhere do I see the USC Trojans, who are undefeated, about to win the Pac-12. But I still see Florida, who lost to a team f- that was ravaged by injuries and COVID and, and still beat them at, on the road in LSU. Florida 7. They only went down one freaking spot. Ohio State's hardly played any games. Why do we even play a season? And why do we even care about resumes when it comes to the playoffs anymore? This is worse than ever. I can't this believe I'm saying been the wor- this ranking release was the worst in the history of the ranking releases. I can oh. say that confidently and without any problems. I know this year has been really tough for the committee. You know, hats off to you for trying to do something. However, there are certain things we know. A really bad loss should drop you. A really bad loss should drop you. The fact that Cincinnati, I'm going to, I know Cincinnati lost that game versus Tulsa, but they have. No, they that, haven't lost at all. No, I know oh, they, the, the game went away, I guess. They were going to play Tulsa twice, which would have helped them. However, I'm not advocating for Cincinnati to be in the top four here, but I am advocating for Cincinnati to to be ahead of Georgia and Florida. I mean, if Cincinnati is going to be penalized for missing games, Georgia is going to be missing a game coming up here as well. Cincinnati dropped. The fact that Florida is in this top 10 is absolutely disgusting. This is the biggest piece of the worst loss the worst loss out of any team maybe in the top 25 this year you could say i mean i mean Uh, i don't don't know know that's a big stretch but i would out of the top 10 by far the worst loss yeah and cincinnati dropped without playing a game and iowa state moved up ahead of them without playing a game uh you know we've been watching this uh you know since uh since its inception these rankings pam and, and Alan, she was so mad. You would have thought, you know, the the Phillies lost the World Series on a wild pitch or something. It, it, it was it was that bad. Uh, she was so mad about this. Yeah, I'm there. talking about how I'm with I, I, Iowa I'm with State you, with two losses is ranked sixth, like, even though uh, uh, a team you're very familiar with, Alan, uh, UL. Uh, the Raging Cajuns is only ranked 19th, and they beat Iowa State. And I know these uh, non-Power 5 schools. I'm always going to make the case for the smaller guy. And I'm, like I said, I'm not advocating for these schools to get into the playoff, but show them some damn respect. I mean, you know, they're going to use this as fuel. They're going to keep scheduling tough opponents, and they're going to keep Nobody beating wants them. To play them. No it's, one wants to play them, which is a damn shame, well, because they keep beating everyone, but they don't get the respect that they deserve. Well, I, I've learned I've learned that a lot of what I've been I've been con- told was true was a lie this week. It's not really the Power Five. It's more like the Power Four. The Pac-12 might as well be European soccer because they don't watch it. Nobody cares about it. USC, 
Although they, you know, squeaked by UCLA, that's a rivalry game. They're supposedly in a Power Five conference. They're going to play a conference championship game. They are undefeated. And if they win that game, why would they not be involved in the damn playoff is beyond me when you have teams in there that have lost. You have teams in there that have not played an adequate a number of games, if you ask me. And then you have teams even ranked ahead of them who aren't even going to be in the playoff. That's also a joke. So that's the one that's really upsetting me is the is that this is called the power five, but it really is only a power four. And if, if you really want to get down to it, it's really just a power three. And th- this is just a, a total it's 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 horse uh dung i don't want to cuss on the show because i know we got little pit little pitters listening but damn it pam i'm mad i'm just i'm with you right here this one has me as angry as i used to get as the, at the bcs that's all i could keep thinking about was my nightmares are returning and i don't know if usc should be in the top four obviously not ohio state shouldn't be though because if the committee is penalizing usc for their strength at schedule who the heck has ohio state beaten well, well that's 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 the problem I think, there yeah, t- i mean the pac-12 is down yes uh, but the big 10 is really down so that is an absolute disgrace uh, i'll tell you something right now every every team in the top 10 here should be ranked above ohio state um, I, I understand. Not only because of the number of games they played, but who they well, beat. Well, that's it. Yeah, they're and a how talented they beat team. I understand. I, I yeah. they're a talented team. I understand that, but it's not like they blew everybody away. Well, that they the that one they played they, decent uh, team. They played Indiana. They yeah, struggled, and that was a close game. And, and you want to talk about Southern Cal? You know, yeah, they. I think if they would have looked more impressive in some of these games instead of just squeaking by, maybe they would be ranked. Much higher, but if you look, they played a good Arizona State team. They won at on the road at Utah. They won at UCLA. Uh, yeah, they may have been fortunate to win some of those games, but they they went up against good competition, better competition than what Ohio State played. Uh, and it's it's difficult to say, you know, that a team that only won five games should be in the playoff because that's one of the things about the college football season is that you got to win them all. Or, or just about in order to get there, and every game can be a trap. You know, you know look at Florida. That that's you know a, a prime example. You know, if if that game was canceled, uh, a Florida against LSU, Florida would still be uh, in the running to make the to make the championship game. All they'd have to do is just beat Alabama. Now, you know, if they be, beat Alabama, maybe they still get in, but uh, but you know, maybe not. And they would have had a much better chance uh, had that game just been canceled. It's it's unfair Actually, that you know t- the the scheduling is just so wildly different. Yeah, it's of course it's a pandemic. It's causing a lot of these issues. But with that said, you know the, because there's so much money wrapped in this, I almost think it's unfair to even have a college football playoff to Alabama. We should just revert to ha- just play this the the traditional New Year's Day bowl games. And when Alabama comes out victorious in theirs, just give reward them the championship. They're the best team. And it's not even close. I mean, I, I don't feel like they, they are, there's a team even sniffing their level. I feel like this is all unfair to Alabama. And really, you're just you're betting on futures when you're putting Ohio State into the top four. And that's you're telling us, committee, resumes don't mean jack squat. It's really about 
your, your, your futures, how you've recruited, your how, brand. Many, how many NFL players you have in your team, your brown brand, and how much money you're going to make. So this is really, from what we've been told it was about, which is fairness and resumes, it's not, it's all about what it's been about even in the BCS days. Uh, brand, uh, money, and futures. What's going to get eyeballs? What's going to get people talking? That's what it's all about. This is a, a total sham to me. Alabama is my national champion, and I don't care how many games they have to play to win it. They've already won it in my eyes, Pam, because these teams don't even come close to them. Yeah, it's definitely. I'm. I'm. We'll talk about the games coming up here in a second, but I'm rooting for the most chaos. I want the most chaos <laughs> in these next rankings, just so the committee what? has to answer some of these questions. <laughs> I, I mean, that that would be fun too. But I answer kinda, the questions. I'm just rooting for Nick Saban to just roll over everybody and then just go on a really great rant about how stupid it was he even had to play in any of these games. Uh, did did you see uh, um, uh, Lane Kiffin doing his best Nick Saban impression, being asked if he was going to take the job at Auburn? Did, no. did anybody see that? No. Well, his response was, "I'm not going to, so quit asking." That's yeah, oh. great. Well, I, I'm right now. I'm going to go on the record, and I'm advocating for June Jones to get that Auburn job. That's what should. Should be happening. We need a little. Well, maybe we'll be able to find that out later this week. Yes. Um, but uh, but I do want to run through some of these championship games here. Um, it, it, there's there, there's some interesting ones. It's going to start on Friday night. Uh, Alan, your your Southern California Trojans, uh, three point favorite against the Oregon Ducks, who shouldn't have been in this game. Um, it was supposed to be uh, the Washington Huskies. Yeah, uh, the COVID hitting the Huskies, and you got Oregon now in this spot. SC, another challenge in front of them. They they are really where they've always been under Clay Helton, which is a team that's always in close games and squeaks out most of those as victories, but then will occasionally run into either a blowout loss or they'll they'll stumble and lose one of those in their whole in terms of big bowl game hopes that gets ruined. That's what the story's been. But now they're running the table. They've got one more hurdle to get over, and then they have their argument. And then, I, I mean, a lot of swag can come back to Los Angeles after this if they can have an undefeated season. It's great for college football when SC is is really good. Um, and it's, it's hopefully coming back here. I mean, Snoop Dogg went on that rant after – they lost to Alabama embarrassingly in the first game of that one, of, of the season a couple years ago, but uh, I'm interested to see what what the what the dog father says after they win the Pac-12 title. Pam, I don't know, but I'm definitely picking SC to squeak out against Oregon. Yeah, I think um, SC is going to win here too as well in Do this you? game. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, they just seem they keep seem to find ways to win. Uh, so, so maybe I, maybe I shouldn't be fooled and, ju- and just pick them. Just pick them. Just pick them. Although I was nervous when they almost got in that fight with UCLA after the game, but Clay Helton was literally running, pulling guys off of guys before it got too out of control. But that was just a fun, fun college football game to watch USC, UCLA. And that's what you got to take from this college football season. You got to just enjoy it while you're watching the games, knowing the committee's going to ruin the big picture, Pam enjoy these games like enjoy Tulsa and Cincinnati 
if it happens or is it not happening? This AAC championship game is it on? Is it off? No, I can't it's keep happening. Up. It's happening. They canceled okay, last week's game. As of now, I mean, everything changes by the second. Um, but as of now, it's happening. Tulsa, 14.5-point underdog. I think Cincinnati's going to crush them. I, I think Cincinnati's going to make a statement. And I think Cincinnati's going to control this game from start to finish and make this decision difficult yeah. for people. I, I agree with you. And and if you're fickle, you're going to say, ah, oh, there's no chance Cincinnati's getting in. But, hey, there's always hope if they blow out – in a conference championship game, the Sun Belt championship game, which is only, is this only the second or the third Sun Belt title game ever? They haven't had many of these, and the Cajuns are in it now against <laughs> Coastal Carolina. This might be the most exciting of them all. Uh, Coastal Carolina, can they do it? Can they run the table and end up undefeated? Yeah, and they changed the start time to this game, right? It's now yeah, 3.30. Yeah, yeah it's going to be uh, – yeah, it's a 3.30 start time. I, I can't wait to watch this one. This is probably the game I'm most excited for uh, this this weekend. Um, yeah, the Chanticleers, they, they run that very interesting spread option slow. attack uh, <laughs> that, that's like slow and methodical. Um Yeah, that, that, that three in the hook there is interesting. Uh, but the Cajuns have been playing very well. This season, Alan, I know you've been following the Cajuns very closely, and you, you've been talking to some people down down in Lafayette about this game. Um, I, I guess I'm going to lean with Coastal Carolina here, but I, I, I'm very nervous about it. I mean, more more than a Sun Belt title game, title is on the line here for UL. I mean, a lot of Cajuns fans really believe that this could swing recruiting in the state of Louisiana from LSU to the Cajuns with a win and a better record and a better oh season than the Tigers. It's it, it, quickly like that. Now, they're delusional, but this is a big game for a lot of people. And I'm telling you, it may be a pandemic. It may be COVID-19, but the partying and the insanity in Lafayette, Louisiana, if they win this game, it's going to be maybe the biggest party anyone had in America in 2020. Not, to, not, not that I advocate wow. for that, Pam, but there's going to be Big. A, a whole, a whole <laughs> lot go of coastal Carolina, a whole, a whole lot of uh, just I mean, they're not going to be able to resist social. I don't it, know if social distancing is possible when you're that happy and there's that much it, boudin and Zydeco to be played. And it, it, is, is this going to be bigger than the Ozarks? Bigger. This is going to be like that. Is it like, like that Ozark party, but bigger and with way more, with way more seafood. And fried food. <laughs> oh my goodness! I wish I could I could go the go to this safely, but uh, I don't think it's that's going to be happening. Not but in the uh, cards. <laughs> no, uh, Big Twelve. Iowa State, a five and a half point dog. Some breaking news with oh. this game. Uh, it was just reported that Iowa State will be wearing their all black uniforms. Good. They've never lost with these uniforms, so something to take into consideration. Well, Iowa I, State will be wearing all black. I, I don't. Uh, they could be out there naked, as far as I'm concerned. I'm picking Iowa State to win this game. Why are, are you they, sure? They're not getting any respect. Five and a half. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, I don't know. They've lost, they've lost to the Cajuns. They've been exposed to me in the past. And Oklahoma might have Bob Stoops finally on the sidelines again for this one, too. Well, all right, that I will be monitoring to see if that actually happens. Uh, but but Iowa State, you know, they did beat Oklahoma earlier this year. I think Oklahoma has been, you know, running up the score uh, on some other teams. But, you know, this, uh, you know, Brees Hall running the ball for – for Iowa State, and they do play a lot of tough defense, and I think they'll be going after that rat. 
And Matt Campbell's really great as an underdog. This yes. is exactly what he wants. Yeah, I, I got no problem uh, taking the five and a half here. I, I really I really like the clones. All right, Northwestern 20 and a half dogs against Ohio State. Is there a, Pam, you you must be rooting for Ohio State then because you want the chaos. No, 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 no <laughs> Northwestern, because I think uh, North if Northwestern wins, there's no way Ohio State what, makes it in. But then well, that makes well, it easy on the this. committee what? to keep them out then. Right. I don't know. Would a would a one loss Northwestern Big Ten champion get in the playoff? Well, they're not ranked in the top 10. I think at all teams. I don't I don't think so. I don't. I'm rooting, I think, because I think the committee has shown us time and time and time again that Ohio State is in unless they lose. And then, <laughs> what? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think, because them not having a game should have dropped them this week at least. But they didn't, or could have, um, if they used the same reasoning for other teams. So I think if you want chaos, I think you got to go Northwestern, and then you have teams like Iowa State, A&M, uh, Cincinnati all jockeying right there with it. So I, I'm, I, it's a big number. It's 20 and a half, but Pat Fitzgerald will have his team ready to play. Easy. I don't know if they will upset them, but they will play them tough and they will cover that 20 they're and a, a half. They're a good as an underdog team. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you got to think though, Ohio state's going to be coming out here to step on the gas against this team if they can, because they do need, uh, they probably do need the win impressively in order to maybe hang on to that decision, especially, you know, if an Iowa state would win the big 12 or, or if a Texas A&M would blast Tennessee in this final, uh, final contest. I think there is a chance that those teams uh, would have a, would have an argument against Ohio state. If Ohio state would squeak by. And we should say the uh, final committee rankings are Sunday at noon. Yes. So tune in and get, Yell at your TV <laughs> like I will be. Yeah, get something, oh, get something squishy to throw. Don't so you don't end up throwing like a whiskey glass or anything. You don't want to break it. You don't well, want to break well, anything. Well, well, we we do. It would be nice if we had a new television. So throw whatever you want at it. Oh um, no way! No. Uh, ACC title game. Notre Dame, despite beating Clemson early in the season, ten and a half point dog. Yeah. Uh, at the win right now, I can't believe Clemson. Trevor. I can't believe Trevor Lawrence is only worth worth ten and a half points here. How is Trevor Lawrence being in this game is a lot different. I, I would I would have thought it'd be at least uh, yeah. two touchdowns. Well, I I don't know. I mean Notre Dame. I with those big tight ends, uh, big big guys. They've been. I think they've been impressive. I think they're going to be able to score some points here. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to be enough. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to go out there and, and do what he does. I yeah, I got I Clemson agree. by I two think, touchdowns. Uh, I think, okay, I got Clemson in a close one. I think Notre yeah, Dame has I, been I, impressive, and I think. Uh, I mean, this if you're into friendly wagering, I I might stay away from this one. We'll see. Uh, Clemson's defense at times has been a little shaky. Um, just they've had some injuries too on the defense, yeah. so got to look at the uh, the reports it's coming gonna, out. It's going to be fascinating if Clemson were to lose this game, um, because that kind of opens up the door, yep. maybe for for another team to sneak in. Or would you put a one loss Notre Dame team uh, in the playoff? Um, 
which I suppose they could. You know, what's what's worth more, a one-loss Notre Dame team or a one-loss Texas A&M team? Well, that's oh. if Clemson wins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm saying I think yeah. there's interesting parts on both sides. Yep. Do you think Do you think they'll revoke Kyle Trask's Zoom link uh, to the Heisman ceremony if he goes scoreless against Alabama? <laughs> I I don't know about that. I think he'll still uh, I think he'll still be invited, but um, it's not looking good for his Heisman chances, and certainly ain't looking good for him in this game. I think Mac Jones might be the leader in the Heisman uh, Heisman room. I mean, if Trevor Lawrence comes out and just completely blasts um, Notre Dame, then that might be a case there. But I think uh, I think it'll be interesting um, in the SEC how Mac Jones does. Uh, Alabama's seventeen point favorite against Florida, and Alabama is just full throttle yeah. everyone, and they're just. I mean, the first half is kind of enjoyable to watch <laughs> at times. So. Well, I'll say this, that this uh, Devontae Smith for Alabama, to me, he's the one that should be winning this Heisman Trophy. This this kid is just unstoppable. Uh, Alabama just just very angry and, and beating teams by a lot. Um, what I do find fascinating, though, is that before this, uh, before Florida lost LSU, they were a 14.5-point underdog. Now they're a 17-point underdog. I thought Florida had a chance in this game, um, and I, I don't think I should be swayed by the LSU loss. I mean, maybe the fact – maybe a little bit deflating that they uh, are – but you got to think that the fact that they're ranked seventh, they didn't fall out of the top ten, so I still think they have a chance to make the playoff if, if things go their way. Uh, I, I think Alabama's going to win this game, but I do think Florida has a chance uh, in this game. I don't I – don't, I don't know if I quite agree with the I think there are some scenarios where where it's a one possession game. There is no chance in hell. You would need Kyle Trask to have a Joe Burrow-esque type performance. That ain't happening. You would need Florida to be able to bounce back from the embarrassment that they suffered last week. That ain't happening. And you would need Alabama to have an off game. That ain't happening. They have no chance. And talk about chaos. If Florida did win, and Ohio State lost, that would be right up your alley, Pam. But I don't see any of it happening. Alabama is going to rip the doors off of Dan Mullen in Florida and and Kyle Trask's Heisman hopes. And I'm going to love every second of it because I'm tired of that team. Yeah, I think Alabama's just going to crush them. I I I don't know. How's they, Alabama going to stop Kyle Pitts? Is Pitts even going to play? He didn't know. play against LSU, so there we go. He might well, not even play. Why would he play? Go to the NFL already. What do you have to gain in this game already? You already lost to LSU. It's over. Tap out, Florida. Tap out, Gainesville. You're done. That's college football's least likable team in 2020, if you ask me. A close second, Ohio State, Pam, but I've had it out for UF all season. Yeah, Dan Mullins said some weird things and it's just been a little <laughs> odd at times. So I I am not a huge Florida fan, but Pitts is definitely the player to, Pitts and Trask have been so impressive this year. So we'll see uh we'll see what happens. But a good slate of uh championship games here. Yeah, it's gonna be a really fun uh drive for me. I'm gonna be driving back to the greatest city in the world, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, from Florida on this college football Saturday. So uh, just 
really pray for good uh, good signal for me, Vince, as I watch all of these, and it's probably going to make my drive go by really fast. How how many screens are you going to have up in your car while you're while you're driving? Well, let's see. That's if I had better. If I had have strong signal, we could do up to four. But I'm assuming this will just be one. Don't want to be too distracted while driving. And yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell hellacious college football Saturday. Assuming all these games get played, and we hope everybody enjoys them, and of course enjoys the pit game that's on in 15 minutes. We got to wrap this thing up, Pam. Yep, uh, how to pit? Yeah, one of one of the, uh, a jam packed show. I apologize to the listeners; we didn't get to everything we wanted to talk about uh, this week. But uh, we'll be back next week. We'll talk about more. I uh, can't wait to do it and hail to pit. At H two P show on Twitter, if you want to follow us on social media, we of course are on Panther. There, we're on Reddit. We're talking pit with you on the Pitternet each and every single day, and we are here with a new episode for you each and every single week. So make sure you subscribe and. Leave those reviews on Apple Podcasts. Tell all your pit friends about the most hailinous pit show of them all, and we'll see you next week. Hail to pit, everybody. <laughs>